What's up, guys? Welcome back. Another episode of Drop Podcast. Mm. I've discovered the perfect fruit. Lemons. Lemons just make me feel so... They just add, like, the perfect flavor to it. Perfect flavor to... To, uh... To water. Um, so real quick, I had something just cross my mind. Um, so I had something just cross my mind. I'm thinking about dream hunt. Let's check this out. So yeah, I had something cross my mind and it was, I was, I was listening to, well here, I'll give you the backstory. Um, one of my new family members married in uh she came from an atheist background like like uh like atheism the way i say atheism is that atheism is a religion um because it's it's more like you don't believe in a god but you believe in the universe and sometimes that means that you believe in a conscious universe you know especially if you were to ask you know a quantum uh, theorists, you know, they, they, it could be that, or it could be, in a way, it is, like, in a way, it does seem like the universe is, is aware of something, um, or that things are happening in some type of order, um, so you have these, these churches, too, um, that atheists, or humanists will go to, and basically, they, she was explaining it, their hands off, so they don't, they don't disagree, necessarily, if you believe in a God, like, you could go there if you're religious, they don't care, you know, but their focus, they have, like, seven principles, I can't remember them all, they have seven principles, and one of them, uh, one of them being that, Just, just the love. I can't remember exactly, but it's, it's just to like love people and and be kind to people. So it's essentially it's a religion. It's, except, you know, the reason often that, um, well, I guess the reason that a Christian loves is because, in a sense, we share this relationship with. Uh, with God, with, you know, a deity, and, uh, that's because Jesus is supposed to be in everybody, so if Jesus is supposed to be in everybody, and then everybody has also came, come from God, it's like, we're all supposed to be brothers and sisters in a way, or, uh, at least from the same place, and, and so, you know, we're in this relationship, um, or there's the perspective that, oh, well, it's it's like this in Christianity. It's like each of us hold a piece of, of divinity. I don't know if that's the right word, but it sounds right. Divinity, divinity. Uh, and then I guess I can't talk. I can't really talk on anything else, but just from a, 
outward perspective, like Hinduism and, and or like Buddhism, is more, I think, a respect for your ancestors. And Hinduism and then Buddhism, a respect for... Hmm. I'm not going to touch that one. Matter of fact, I'm not going to touch Hinduism either. We'll just forget about that. But, you know, at least for the monotheistic religions. Well, that's Christianity. Um, Judaism is a little bit different. I think Judaism... Well, you have the sixth commandment, don't kill... And maybe that's good enough. It's a very lawful religion. Um, I'm trying to think. Maybe it's just because, you know, if God says, well, I guess that's good enough reason not to. Uh, and God communicates through prophets. And I'm not going to touch Islam either, because I don't know. Um, but, anyways, but so, you know, same thing for, I guess, this humanities religion or atheism, that at least this, this one girl practice, that's in my family now. And, uh, basically, you know the way I see it? I don't know why, but they believe in the same thing, and I don't know what their perspective is, I, we didn't get that deep into it, but a good biological case, or at least a good case for an, athe for an uh, atheist or uh, an agnostic to follow some type of moral code is... is uh, is like what helps you survive better, you know, and what helps your body feel better. And part of that is fitting into a society. So you can't fit into a society that you that you destroy or that you kill. And then also, it's better for all of us, you know, if we if we help each other out. You know, it's just better for survival if if we also. I mean, some of it is also protecting your own tribe, which sometimes does fall into, you know, self-defense, but, I mean, theoretically, you show kindness, someone else shows kindness, now you have this healthy relationship where you're both um, being kind to each other and, and hopefully building a community together, creating roles and jobs and production and having a productive society that everybody feels feels good about, you know, so... Um, it's a good case. Um, but anyway, but it was, what struck me though, like everything, everything she was saying, it wasn't even so much about the atheism or, or the humanities that made her switch kind of roles and to follow and well, she converted to Roman Catholic and, um, and it's just getting deep into the, the, realm of, of like that deep spiritual Catholicism and who is God and you know Eucharist and whatever so uh, 
But what what I know what struck me what made her switch though is she grew up she grew up without rules. It's like her parents were so reject uh, they they rejected religion, especially Christianity, so much because um well her father grew up in the south where uh where you have very very strict protestantism that's very very judgmental and so a lot of his relationship was also through his parents and the rejection of his parents for him expressing himself or questioning things um and so a lot of that seems to just be a hate like a a a revenge the desire for revenge against against this thing because it is interesting it's like why would anyone care so much but whenever you know it gets deeper like that faith was your enemy and proclaimed itself to be your enemy or at least proclaimed you to be their enemy um and then the mom i forget i think she was i think she was religious too or maybe she was never religious uh, I can't remember her story, but it, it had some depth to it as well. Like, like you could follow the, the, the line of resent, you know, that, that led her to hate religion, um, with a, a special note on Christianity and Catholic, Christianity and Catholicism, um, etc. So anyway, but she, so she grew up without borders and without rules. Like she could just be out, and her parents would. Well, they also worked a lot. She said they're workaholics, so they wouldn't be there for the most part. And so she. But anyway, but she would. She explored a lot of sex. And. Uh, would like just search out to do bad things, I guess. I guess whenever people do that, it's kind of like. It's kind of like trying to prove that it doesn't matter. Is it, cause, and, and I say because I, I kind of been there. It's like you do something just to prove to someone something. It's like you do something so that people know that, like, look at me now. Like, I'm okay. Like, it's not that big a deal. Um, and sometimes it hurts you, too. And so I think she was hurt a lot by that. And, um... But then she met my cousin, who is very, very, very Roman Catholic, and also a very deep thinker, very thoughtful, uh, but very Roman Catholic. And so she was just expressing to us how she had this, she started building this relationship, started seeing this love and, and order through this man. And then she said, and it was something that I needed. And that's what struck me. Like, I was on board, and I was thinking about it a lot. Until she said that. It was something that I needed. Like she said, I, and she literally said this. She said, I needed God to be real. And I was like, okay. Like, that's, that's where you made a mistake. Because when you feel like you need something, that's not really evidence for, like, that's not a case. That's an emotional response. And I get it. And part of that's good. You know, I mean, it's good for her. Like, I I have no issue. You know what I mean? It's good for her. But it's just interesting because 
Then I saw it come out again. And I forgot where I was, but I saw it come out again. And someone was expressing that they need Jesus. Maybe it was in like a prayer. Maybe because, you know, I, I went to this, uh, uh, what church was it? It started with a P, but um, anyway, I went to this church. And it was one of those churches. They had this big choir on stage. And like two guitarists, three drummers. Like it was crazy. Like two tambourines. It was nuts. It was insane. It was just like this beautiful experience though. And the the preacher gets up on there. And the music's just going. And he's just like, don't stop, don't stop. And they, so he starts dancing. He starts yelling. He's like, the Holy Spirit is here today. And then, and then everybody started jumping. And then this this kid in the middle starts shaking, and everyone surrounding him, putting their hands on him, like they're like they're giving him life force or something. You know what I mean? Like it's just like this crazy experience. And there's this girl that walks up, and she's like, "I just feel the name. I just feel like the Holy Spirit. Let me hear you say." And this is Missouri. This is Florissant, Missouri, mind you. So I don't know why these people have accents, but they do. But anyway, so she goes, "I just feel like the Lord sent me over here, and I, and I just need to pray with you." And then she goes, she she holds she holds my mother. She goes. She goes, Jesus, 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 thank you, Jesus, Jesus, thank you so much, Jesus. Like, everybody's just thanking, like, just thank you, Jesus. Like, and I'm sure it feels good. You know, I'm sure it's great. And it's good. Sometimes I think it is good to to thank your luck, you know, to thank that, that, um... Well, to, to visualize things as, you know, th- things are going to work out. Like, it's going to be okay. Um, and to, and I, I recognize that a lot of the reason why I'm where I am is based off of luck. And the way that they visualize, visualize that luck or chance is Jesus. You know, Jesus gave them their life in the United States. Jesus didn't throw them in in a, a poor small town of 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 uh, the Middle East, you know what I mean? They put them in the US where there's water and um you know, we're the 1% of the world, you know, and so like I wake up in a two-story house every day, you know what I mean? But anyway, so but I feel like there is that aspect in there of like like what what can you do with the fact that you could have born been born anywhere like how many people how many women in the world are pregnant and having babies like that's a lot of women like you gotta think there's what are we approaching Seven, I think we're at eight billion people on the planet. I think we are. Let me check how many people are in the world. But there's this aspect to it that's like, and I got here? Like, that can mess people up. Hold on. How many people are... Are... Okay, 7.83... 7.830 million people. Well, plus, round up, it would be more like 
seven billion I don't know, yeah. Seven billion eight hundred thirty um million four hundred no no five hundred thousand rounding up. Forget I'll just tell you guys. Seven billion eight hundred thirty million four hundred fifty eight thousand five hundred sixty people on this planet. You could have been one of those people. The thing how many of those people live in poverty or weren't born in a in a good country? How many people were born in North uh North Korea? And that could have been you. And that fucks people up. Like that is messed up and people don't think about it. But it's always kind of there, I feel like. Like, people know it to some extent. And so what else can you do? Because to come to think about that, that can freak you out on itself. I mean, like, people get shaken up. Like, survivor's guilt is kind of like that, you know? And people get shaken up. Like, I still look back at that that car accident that I could have had, and I think, like, whoa like i like this all could have been so different in two seconds and the decision that that happened to me in five seconds and then three seconds and then within two seconds i stopped that car i mean it could have been longer but it felt like it felt like like damn but anyway like everything could have changed his life could have been taken out. I could have been taken out. My cousin could have been taken out. Whew. Like, I still look back and I'm like, that could have happened. And part of me for the longest, like, I was I was trying to keep it together in the moment. I was like, okay. I need, because I was worried. I didn't want, I didn't want him to freak out. And I wanted him to feel okay and safe. And, and I also... You know, I was just trying to hold it together. So I was like, okay. And then I get home. And in my head, I'm just like, what the fuck? Like, I'm here right now. But I was still trying to hold it together. And then the next day, I have work. So, you know, I go to work. You know, I... I uh, and I'm just thinking about it all day. Like... Like, I wouldn't have been there that day i could have been gone that day like they would have gotten a call josh is in the hospital or josh is dead you know and and he, he was in a car accident and um whatever and they would have they would be like what the fuck like josh is dead and then they would have said like you know got a new employee replaced me family would have gotten a phone call my cousin's family would have gotten the phone call. Like, everything could have been different in those, in that, like, five or ten seconds. Because you got to think, I see that light. Slow down or speed up. I sped up. And then I was probably maybe seven seconds. And at five seconds, my cousin goes, Josh, there's a car. And I go, what the f And then I turn, and I see it, and then I hit it. I stop, and we're sliding, and, and I'm trying not to lose control of the car. Like, I'm trying to keep the car from sliding and hitting into him. So I, I can't I can't just hit the brake. Like, you got to slow into it a little bit. So I'm trying to slow into it and measure it right. And then 
And then I, I, I'm trying to turn at the point where the car will turn and not slide the back end into him. You know, I'm trying to manage the situation. And, uh, yeah, it was just a crazy experience. But, you know, I look back and, and I think, like, you know, there's so many variables that could have ended with me not here. And him not here. Like if well one, I mean if he wasn't there, I wouldn't I wouldn't have seen the car. We would have hit each other. And I was going I was going eighty or something. Like I was going fast. Like I would have took us out. And uh and then if he didn't say anything, if he thought that I saw him, we would have been gone. And that's hard to accept. Like, that's hard to think. So sometimes it feels necessary that you need... Uh, sometimes it feels necessary that that there has to be a reason, you know? Because it makes you feel better. It's like, if there's a reason why I'm still here, I'm protected in a way because someone wants me still here. You know, but shit, you know what I mean? It's just crazy. It's just unbelievable. Like, just revisiting that is, like, I don't know. But, um, definitely just a moment in my life that I think will stick. You know, and it'll be for the good. Definitely one of those moments in my life that's that's crazy, but but yeah. So how do you deal with potential tragedy? Because sometimes I think potential tragedy freaks you out more than actual tragedy. Because actual tragedy shows you if you make it out that you can make it out. You know, but potential, it's like, you don't know. It's like, you could have died. But you don't know. So how do you deal with that, you know? You, well, you either stop curling into a ball. You would trust that something out there is keeping you alive. and Leaving it in the hands of something higher than you does feel safer. Um, but even then, I think you still need to have a plan. Like you need to, uh, you need to set things in order. Like you need to figure out, okay, how can I avoid that? Like just start somewhere, you know, because that's also going to make you feel so much better. I mean, just start somewhere, but it's crazy. I mean, it is what it is. Um, but yeah, very humbling too. It's like wow. Um, now my foot is a little bit heavier on the brake. Like I'm, I'm a little bit more, a little bit heavier on the brake and a little bit lighter on that gas. I still like to go fast, but don't. I mean, like if it's the river road or something like a straight thing, but you know, in turns, like I'm always very careful and 
And then I watch cars differently. Like, I'm very, very, very watchful of the cars. Like, I pay attention. So, all in all, it's a good, it's a good experience that that happened. But it shook me up. But, anyway, I mean, it's just that idea, you know. Because I relate with it. Like, I get it. It's like sometimes you just need something to be true so that you can progress in your life. Sometimes it might not always be true, but sometimes truth truth is better defined as what is useful sometimes. However, I will say you have to be careful with that because some cases it's like you still have to have evidence, but sometimes it's like for things that don't have evidence. For or against, because science is a is more so the process of finding what isn't correct, and then ruling out till you find something that is more correct and and is yet to be disproven. And I say that because you gotta think it's like you could have discoveries, um, like you watch an apple fall, you could give that a name, but you don't understand how that works necessarily. You can understand them, the math of it, you know, how fast it goes down and uh, I guess like what size mass you need for to pull something at that at that acceleration or that rate or, you know, even the when acceleration stops. Um, but. Uh. You know, but a lot of that is more like ruling out. Because once you try to ask yourself like a deeper question, because there's always questions to ask. It's like, well, why is this? A lot of times it's just find out why it's not. Um, so it's important because it can't be necessarily. Actually, maybe this is a good case for what I'm saying. Sometimes maybe maybe it's rather it's not that you should, but it's that. It is um, finding what's more useful. Because if you don't know for sure, and there's always going to be something to say why it's not. or the, And there's always going to be something to say why something else is not. But nothing is quite said why this isn't yet. And this, what is, is, is useful and works. And sometimes, you know... You can run with that as the truth until proven guilty. It's just whenever it becomes, I think, faith. Like, whenever you whenever you stop asking, I think it is an issue, though. But I, I don't think it's incorrect, I guess. That's what I'm trying to say. I don't think it's incorrect to say that you need for God to exist. But, well, maybe you need... Because it's useful. Like maybe you need gravity to exist because it's useful for getting people into space or in orbit. You know, in order for you to complete your job, you need it to exist from our understanding. But that doesn't even necessarily mean that gravity exists, at least how we think it exists. You know what I mean? And that also doesn't necessarily mean that God exists how we think God exists. So... Yeah, I don't know. Those are just some 
Something I was thinking about this morning just brushing my teeth. Uh, but I, I had another thought. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I did want to say, like, you know, something that I've been working on lately is me. Like, I've been working a lot on me. And and I see a lot of fallacies. Now, I think, I think with life, like, truthfully, like, as I'm growing, I realize that a lot of it just takes experience. So if you want to speed up your growth, you need to find out how to gain more experiences. And so I think I do think a lot of that is just putting yourself in places, uh, being quiet and listening and, and trying to understand. But even understanding takes a while to try and figure out how to do that um, effectively. But the more quiet you are, I think, the better, um, the better it is to try and pick up on information. You know, you don't have to be charismatic all the time but you know once you get to a point like i'm saying we're starting to figure out at least where you are for now it's like once you start to be able to map things out then you can start to kind of move freely within those boundaries that you built and it's then whenever i think it's good to practice um the extra thing is like for example for me uh i was telling you guys last episode or yesterday because um, like I said, this is coming out the same day. Um, so this is very, very, very raw. Uh, like real time. But anyway, so um, like I was telling you guys last episode. Um, shoot, what was I telling you guys last episode? Man, my brain has been on fire until just now. <sighs> um... Well, anyway, the point I'm trying to get to um, is, uh, oh, 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 like growing up, like I do think like a lot of it just takes trying to figure out what, where the boundaries, you know, in whatever, you know what I mean? So I, I just think a lot of growing up is just trying to experience things. So, I mean, that could be by joining clubs. I made the mistake of not joining clubs or doing anything or being active in any uh, culture because I, I was so insecure about myself I thought no one wanted me so I thought it'd be better for me to stay away so I don't bother people you know than to join something where I'm unwanted and bother people you know um, which is probably a common experience for people but this is how I felt and uh and so I, I closed myself off from having experiences and exploring and, you know, huge mistake, huge mistake. If I was to do anything differently, it'd be that. But, you know, I'm glad I picked it up now because now I'm just, well, it wasn't even on purpose. Like, it, it was just through continuing the process of life that I grew and had more experiences and then I just kept having experiences. And the other thing is, I'm afraid a lot of the times. I'm terrified. I'm scared because I don't want to mess up. I don't want to be judged. But it's then whenever I say, okay, well, what can I do? I can take one step, okay? I have one step to make, and that's going to be forward. So however I can move forward just by one step, that's how I'm going to do it. And then once I get there, I take the next step and then the next step. And then all of a sudden, I look back, and I'm like, how did I get here? And you see all those steps that you took. Um, but is that where you grow? Cause it's like your boundaries just grew. Like you just learn more. 
but a lot of a lot of the process like you have to understand what is your role in this moment and i guess that's the point i'm trying to make so what is my role right now where i'm at my role is to learn it's time to shut up you know it's time to be quiet um it's time to observe but whenever you're in a familiar space i find that i much more enjoy trying to make other people feel comfortable and so that they can feel comfortable in my space so that they have the freedom to move around my space and discover for themselves like um because i want to have a better relationship i guess i think it's you know a biological thing just feeling safe um and building a community so so anyways that's the that's the thing and so how do i do that that has to deal with charisma and then also i mean also charisma has other benefits in trying to explore new boundaries and territories um for example, people, if they'll give you more opportunities to explore, you know, if you're more charismatic and more enjoyable of a person to be around. Um, but if there's a way to be charismatic and talkative and, and funny and then while learning, I think that's that's probably the key. Like while while also being an observant, that's that's the key. And I, I just haven't figured that out yet, but I'm sure, you know, someone out there probably has the has that down. Um but uh as I was saying though um shoot <laughs> as I was saying though see this is this is the last note because I can tell like my brain is starting to shut off a little bit but so this is the last point I'm gonna make uh if I can just get through this story oh oh here's what I find That insecurity for me is limiting. I, being afraid, was limited because I was avoiding new experiences. And avoiding new experiences is going to keep your brain from growing the way that you might want it to grow or how it should grow. Because here's my case, and I don't have evidence for it. Well, besides just the fact, just the simple concept, like... Like, I hate whenever people say, like, they write off kids. They write off children because they're young. They go, like, oh, you're young. It's like, oh, you'll know one day. It's like, it's like it's not a you'll know one day. It's it's like a give me experience. Like, tell me. You know, tell me so I can see. You know what I mean? Or at least try. Because um, kids are like these little scientists. You know what I mean? Like, it's, it's incredible watching a kid just observing. If you just observe a kid... It's like what the things that they're doing to try and figure out the rules and the boundaries and where to go and how to live and how to be. It's like, wow, it's fascinating. It's seriously fascinating. It's it's genius, too. It's like the way that they imitate, you know, like this is genius. And they didn't even have to learn that. That's just what they do. Um, and somewhere along the way, we, f we start to think that we know it, you know, that we, we think that we figured it out. And so we kind of get ignorant. And we only imitate what we're familiar with. Like, we're, we only imitate what we know first, is what it seems like. It's like, this happened first, so this is what I'm going to imitate first. And that's a huge mistake. It's like, just imitate, you know, just learn. If you don't know something, imitate it. And see where the truth is there. Because, or it, maybe not even imitation necessarily. It doesn't have to be that. But I guess it would be more for, like, skills and stuff like that. But you have to find some way to put yourself 
in like literally inside like i hate you know this term is bad because people don't even get it whenever you say it. it's just so used so often but like literally put yourself in someone else's shoes well how do you do that you have to become that person so you have to figure out where did that person come from so you can ask someone that question they love to answer that question people love to tell you about why they are who they are and so if you can figure out how to ask that effectively which is where charisma comes in oh but here's here's what i'm trying to get to with this past point by the way though um there's so much there's so much that i've been working on lately and so there's just too much to talk about um but too much to talk about and not enough intelligence or brain capacity for me to speak on it um but I'm going to try it nonetheless, because the more I try, it's like the better I'm going to get at explaining it and I'm going to find out the best way to express it. So that's that's one thing practice. But um, yeah, but that's where charisma comes in. And here's the other thing. I was so in- afraid, you know, because I didn't want to be a loser. You know what I mean? So I didn't work on charisma. I wanted it naturally. I wanted to just have it. You know what I mean? Because it's kind of embarrassing to say like, oh. I'm uncharismatic and I want to work on that. But then I see myself in certain situations and I'm super charismatic. And I'm like, so why is this? Like, I'm super funny in this instance. So how is that? And then I realized it's like, well, I'm comfortable there. Like, I have that mapped out. You know what I mean? So, you know, I guess that's kind of where I say, like, if I'm in an unknown boundary, sometimes the best thing to do is just shut up and pay attention. Um, but... You know, charisma is something I've been working on lately, and I've been researching. Like I've been, I've been googling. Um, trying to think of what's an example. Well, I like to be funny. Um, but I'm insecure. Well, I was insecure. I'm starting to get more comfortable with it, because I thought like, oh, if I'm funny, it's like, and I and I fail, people won't like me, or people think I'm annoying. Because, you know, I mean, you, you'll you be around that person that's always cracking jokes. It's like, dude, could we just be serious for, like, one second? Like, you, could you just follow me for, like, one second? So that's the other thing. You also have to be able to read people. But, you know, read, learn to read people. And then also, but, but here's the thing. It's like, if you want to get better at something, like, if you want to get better at math, you study math. You know what I mean? So why should charisma be anything different? So it's like, you know, no shame in it. You know, I, I accept it. I, I will research. I will Google. I will look up how to be more charismatic, you know, or how to deliver a joke better. And I find, because I used to get so upset because I could say one thing and then someone else could say something too. And it could come out completely different. I mean, I mean, and, and people would react completely different. Like, I always felt like people rejected me and rejected my ideas. And then there would be those people, and then everybody would flock to those people. And I used to, I used to resent them so much, because I didn't understand. But it's like they had this comfortability, this charisma, and they knew how to say things correctly. So that's a big piece of it: learning how to say things, and then also, I think a little bit not caring. Like if someone doesn't like your idea, it's like, okay, you know, maybe there's something wrong with it. But if you don't see it, you don't see it. So. I mean, you believe in your idea, but, you know, not everybody will. So, you know, just being okay with that sometimes is, is, is fine. Like, not needing everybody to, lo- to love you um, as this flavor of, like, you don't have any hidden goals. Like, you're not trying to show off for anybody. It's like, you're just here. You just say what you say, and if people get it, they get it. Um, um, so, yeah, so, I mean... 
Yeah, that's kind of what I've been getting. But it's also like, okay, it's also not their fault that they don't get it because some of it is, like I said, you're delivering on it. Um, sometimes you kind of sound ignorant, you know. So I mean, it's something that you gotta work on. So anyway, but but I find like especially with jokes, like because. I like to, I'm a, I'm a goofy guy, like, uh, I'm silly sometimes, and I used to, like, I used to, in middle school, like, I would literally, like, come up with these, like, skits, like, these whole skits, and I would perform them, and I didn't realize that at the time that I was performing, because I wanted everything to seem off the cusp for everybody else, but, like, I would think jokes out ahead of time, like, I would think about a joke or something that would be funny ahead of time, and I would just be waiting for the right moment to deliver it, you know what I mean? And whenever it hit, I would feel good and people would be laughing. But whenever it didn't, I would be like, well, people aren't laughing because da 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 da, you know. But it's like, okay. Like, sometimes sometimes you deliver something that's just not funny. But, um, but actually, the worst thing you could do is, one, reject yourself. And then, two, feel bad about it. Like, it's okay, you know what I mean? Like, you tried, you know what I mean? And maybe it was funny, but it just wasn't the right time. So, I mean, it's just data collected. But then you have to make people feel comfortable because... The worst thing was whenever you have to give someone a petty laugh. So you got to make people feel comfortable about the fact that you missed. Like, just be like, oh, shoot, missed that one. You know what I mean? Like, that's that's as simple as it could get. Like, just be like, be like, I mean, you could even joke about a ah, tough crowd or something like that. You know what I mean? Because then it, it allows people to be like, yeah, that one sucked. That one was not it. You know what I mean? So just be like, dang, I really missed that one. Um, people, then that's funny. You know what I mean? A lot of times people laugh at that. So it's good to just accept it. You know what I mean? And that's. That's kind of cool because you can you can still be funny, and then come out still winning even if it's people, even if it wasn't delivered correctly because you know what I mean because you know I I have a lot of the same jokes you know what I mean like it, it'll be like out of six jokes that I kind of use repeatedly, um, and the and a lot of times they will work and people will think it's funny and they'll laugh about it but then other times they won't you know what I mean. Like if I'll make six jokes in in a I don't know setting or in a, in a, in a moment in time in a scene of my life, it's like two of them will get a laugh, and then one will be like a really good laugh. But like the other wait, what did I say? Six. The other four will like bomb. Like and people are like oh okay. So I mean, you just gotta like play it off. Like you know what I mean? Like there's ways to do it to make people feel comfortable with you. And a lot of times it is like that acceptance of that vulnerability that will make people feel better with you than if you didn't do it at all. So sometimes it's better to, to say it, fail, and know how to correctly express your failure. Um, to make people feel, you know, comfortable. Because um, that's also very useful. You know, that vulnerability is useful. But yeah, I mean that's just been something that I've been learning, and I think it's I think it's a cool thing because like I've never really thought about jokes like that. Like for the longest, I was just quiet, and I'm getting comfortable with people and understanding people, and seeing people, and then also you know because I I still get like I I've I think I have a very low libido, and I also think um you know I think a lot of my relationship with women. Is more like the competition with men. Like, I don't even think it's about the girl, but I think it's about the desire to be wanted. Um, which is dangerous. Like, you got to recognize that because that can become abusive. You know what I mean? So I, I, I catch that and I, I pay attention to that. But, and also, like, you can't, like, 
like you can't step into someone else's boundaries. Like you have to respect a guy in his relationship, and you have to be happy for them. Uh, you know what I mean? Especially if it's a good relationship. So, well, if it's good for them, you know what I mean? Because that shows that you know you're above yourself. You know what I mean? Well, you can get a little bit out of yourself, and so. Uh, oh shoot! Where is I going with this? Oh, man, it has something to do with... Oh, 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 here, so here's here's another thing that I've learned. It's like... But anyway, so the point I'm trying to make is, like, even though I'm not necessarily desiring, like, the sexual aspect of the... Um, I'm not desiring a sexual experience with people, typically. It's more just, like, I want to be wanted. Um... But in that experience, like, oftentimes, like, I'll still, I'll still kind of freak out a little bit. Like, if a super attractive girl walks up, like, I still get a little bit hot-headed and awkward. You know what I mean? Like, if it's, if it's like, a really, really attractive girl and she walks up and just talks to me, um, like, it'll be, it'll be chaos for a second. And then I'll just, I'll relax and I go through this in my head. It's like, okay, why am I reacting this way? It's biology. It's chemistry. You know what I mean? And the reason why I like it, the reason why why I'm freaking out is because I don't want to mess this up because she has probably like super genetics, you know, whatever. Um, and I want to create a mutant. So, uh, so anyway, so yeah, but but it's like going through that conversation, and then I'm like, ah, like it just relaxes. You're like, oh yeah, this is just a person. And suddenly you have this conversation with this human being, and you don't desire anything from it. You don't want anything out of it and it allows you to just kind of step away you know what i mean just be human and one of the things i hate is whenever girls like dumb themselves down like i hate whenever a girl like like I'll, I'll hear a girl have a conversation with their friend and then come to me and, and like all of a sudden her her octave switches up like three levels i mean obviously there's an exaggeration but it's like the way that they talk is like way softer way cuter way more petite you know and you're just like dude like, I just don't like it. Like, just talk to me like a human being. Just talk to me like a person. Um, uh, you know, because a lot of times, like, I want to get to you. Like, I want to see who you are. You know what I mean? I don't, I'm trying to figure things out, you know. I'm not trying to do a play, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't, I don't want that. So, anyway, so, I mean, I just get frustrated with that. But anyway, so, but, uh, shoot, where's that going? Oh, yeah, yeah, but to, like, calm down, just talk to someone like a human being. Show that you're not, like, trying to... Like you, like, you can be charismatic, but it's not necessarily, like, flirty. You know what I mean? Whenever it's like that. Or, or it's... I guess it's... it's Because, I mean, you could say charisma is flirtation. Like, that's how... Um, I forgot who the author is. But that's how he talked about um, charisma. He called it sexual energy. Which I think I think is a very fair judgment or, or idea to conceptualize what... You know, charisma is, I think it is, probably sexual energy. Um, because it's attraction, right? Like, it's, it, charisma is, is is an art of expressing yourself in a certain way that makes you very attractive to people. Um, so, yeah, I think that's, I think it's a good definition uh, or a good way to, to, to see that. But, as I was saying, though... Um, Um, I don't know. I lost it. I think I'm going to end it. I don't think I can really squeeze much more out of my head, but, um, 
Yeah, this is just some rambling on some stuff that I've just been thinking about. I'm gonna get back with Sammy at some point. Um, probably tomorrow. Uh, get him on a pod, catch up, talk about some music, cause I got some stuff that that probably be coming out soon. Um, so anyway, uh, appreciate it. If you guys want to help support the podcast, one thing that you can do is go to my website, joshuatbryan.com. You can donate or check out just some of the stuff that I work on. Uh, for example, I do have some merchandise. Uh, some I, I paint Sumie, and then I take a picture of it, and then I put it on a t-shirt. Um, and they come out really cool. So if you want to support that, um, just you know, go to my website, and you can see all that. Um, I do need to start posting my art in general, but... I mean, yeah, like I said, though, if you guys enjoy these, uh, this is the 186th episode, so... I love it too, so i right now. I'll stop anytime soon. Uh, there's also music that I make, so you can go check it out. But if you guys enjoy...